Truth About Local Government podcast is proud to endorse Look For Two, your staff event experts. Stressed about organising an event for your staff or client, but don't want to pay an organiser? Then use LFT. They're free. They don't charge businesses. They earn commission from venues and activities of whom they also promote. Experience their events like Durham Beer Off, coming to Lumley Castle in February, and Northeast Wine Night at Spanish City. Welcome back to The Truth About Local Government. Today we're talking about the Procurement Bill. As it makes its way through government, ahead of implementation in autumn 2024, we thought that having a subject matter expert, in fact, the managing director of YPO, Simon Hill, to come onto the podcast to discuss the upcoming Procurement Act and how this will create positive change and unlock the potential of future public procurement would be an excellent topic. So without further ado, Simon, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good good to be here. Looking forward to it. Amazing. Well, for the listeners at home, if you give us a bit of background context as to what YPO is um, and what your role within YPO is, essentially. Sure. Um, well, yeah, I'm Simon Hill, Managing Director. Um, YPO is basically a buying consortium. So we're coming up to our 50th anniversary, actually, um, early next year. So created back in 74, initially actually to help schools buy better. So we were created by 13 local education authorities across the north of England on the basis that every school buys the same pens, pencils, exercise books, desks, buy it all together and get a better price in the market. And therefore you you save the public, public purse money and release more of that cash to frontline teaching. And that that fundamental business model is, is what we still do. We, we are a buying consortium, buying things once, getting better leverage in the marketplace, saving the public purse money. From those kind of education products um, routes, we've morphed uh, alongside that into local government procurement. So a lot of the things that local councils buy, electricity, utilities, uh, insurance, temporary labour, facilities management, refuse collection vehicles, bins, but pretty much anything that uh, a local authority needs. Um, and that now is a, is a major part of our business with about £2 billion worth of spend under management that, that we handle annually. That's inc- incredible. That's, that's a, a massive piece of work. And it's something that I'm really passionate about as well, because every penny matters when it comes to local government, when it comes to any public sector organisation. Um, now, in terms of the uh, the procurement bill, I mean, for those listening at home, one in every three pounds of public money, some 300 billion pounds a year is spent on public procurement. So it's an absolutely uh, essential aspect of, of the public sector. Um, so what are the changes that are coming up, Simon? What, what's, the, what's this bill all about? Well, I suppose going back to basics, the driver for the bill is Brexit. So, you know, for, for many years, people will have been used to the, the EU um, procurement rules that, that the local government uh, acted under because essentially Europe was our, our commercial marketplace. So um, we used their their guidelines and their rules to ensure that we're spending money in a transparent and accountable way. So that's that's fundamentally what it's about. If, if you're going to spend what is, you know, your and I, uh, my money as taxpayers, you need to know that that's being done effectively, that we're getting the best value for money, that you know where it's going to, that there's um, you know, that there's nothing dodgy going on and you can scrutinise um, any transaction. And that's, that's, that was the fundamental of the EU procurement rules and that is still the, the, the fundamental of the national procurement rules that, that will replace them. 
So what uh, it, positive it, change? It, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Again. I was going to say it's been a bit of a tortuous journey because this is something that's been coming for a long time, and, and the, the, the timing has been, been put back a couple of times already. There's been pretty extensive consultation on it. Um, in fact, when the cabinet office sent out their consultation, our response to it was longer than the consultation document itself, which meant they've kind of latched onto us a bit as YPO and said, OK, these guys are keen on this. Let's let's keep talking to them. So we've been very much around the table as as the, the new act has been developed, which is a great place for us to be. I think, you know, the, the fundamental is that it defines the market as the UK national market rather than European. But within that, there are also some flexibilities, um, and I think that's that's probably the biggest the biggest thing that um, is of benefit. So, big emphasis on sustainability, big emphasis on making sure that small SME suppliers uh, can participate as much as they can in the spending of public money. So, huge focus in councils on supporting the local economy at the moment. If you're an elected councillor or a councillor chief exec, you you want to know, great, okay, but what's being spent in in my area? What's, what's that benefiting to the businesses in my area? How's that going to flow through to business rates? How's that going to help fund council tax and, and fund the services that, that are going on in my area? So this kind of focus on the ability to be flexible, bring on board local SME suppliers in a particular area. Um, and not have this kind of rigid exclusion that used to go on before. Uh, I think there used to be the kind of mythology that it was a difficult thing to bid for in the first place, hugely resource intensive, off-putting for small businesses. And if you missed the boat, then it wasn't going to be relet for another three to five years and you were kind of locked out of the market for that period of time. What you have under the new regulations is much more flexibility to cut back on the regulation, cut back on the red tape, make the process easier, but then bring new suppliers on in real time as the market develops and as you identify new local suppliers that you want to use. So that agility provides inclusivity to all sides of business and all developments that could take place within a public sector organisation throughout the lifespan of the organisation, the changes that happen naturally as part of any uh, organisation's growth or indeed just normal yeah. uh, annual cycle. Um, that's just so important, isn't it? Because as with all economic development, you want to ensure that a money is staying in the area or, or kind of it's, it's supporting local businesses, but also that you want to drive best value. And if you can open up the competition to, um, you know, to, to the SME market, as well as the more established operators who can afford those um, bids, it's just fantastic for fundamentally for the end product and the end service. And um so just talk me through, I want to go back for a second. So you've been working with um, the government on the, on the procurement bill how hard has that been to get it to where it is now oh, it, it, it's difficult um i i think you know it's, it's not news that central government doesn't necessarily understand local government particularly well um and local government doesn't like being done to by central government so that there's a real natural tension there um and I think those of us who work within the local government sphere, you know, myself included, have been fighting hard to make sure that it is not a you know, London Westminster centric view of the world, that it does reflect the reality of procurement out in the regions and in small local economies. And that's, I have to say, it's not been easy, but I'm pretty confident with where we've got to actually it's not just just ypo but the, the other public sector buying organizations 
and representatives from local government across the patch have been lobbying very hard on this. And, and I think we're getting to a good place on it, actually. For those listening at home that have got no experience in procurement and just to give us some context, how significant is the bill? OK, I'm going to be controversial. So I think it is as significant as we choose to make it. And what, what I mean by that is there are there are probably m many more flexibilities in the current regulations than we as procurement professionals within local government have taken advantage of. So if we want to push the boundaries, if we want to be flexible, if we want to make sure that we um, introduce innovation, that we're con constantly evolving what we buy, that we're making sure that we don't take the safe, unchallengeable route every single time. You know, no, nobody ever got sacked for <clears throat> buying the same as everybody else does and the same as everybody else has done for years. Um, but is that necessarily the best value for money for the public purse? Pushing the boundaries, being a bit more innovative, being more flexible and being prepared to be more commercial and fight hard to get that value for money is a behavioural thing. It's enabled by the regulations, but the regulations on their own are, are not going to change the world. You know, they, they are kind of nuanced, nuanced evolution of what we've had for a long time. And I'm very keen that we use this opportunity to challenge ourselves as procurement professionals on how we do business. Let, let's let's use use the chance to put ourselves under the microscope and say, do we push the boundaries enough? Do we play it safe too much? Should we actually use the flexibility that these new regulations give us to actually change the way in which we do business? And I, I'm, I'm a bit of a, you'll probably pick up, I'm a bit of a pioneer and a bit of a champion on this. It's a bit of a soapbox. But I, but I think that would be the key message that I'd kind of put to local government and to the procurement community, really. Absolutely, because, you know, it's a tool, isn't it? It's it's yeah. a, it's a, a fantastic new asset that councils can utilise, but it's all yeah. about mindset. The the chief exec of um, St. Helens Council, Kath Dwyer, which she's coming on in December. And okay. one of the bits we're talking about is a call. One of my members. Ah, well, an excellent. Yes, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and you know, she talked about when she joined off air talking about kind of creating a really positive culture where people felt supported to put their head up at the parapet to drive for better standards to try and improve the situation because fundamentally like you said it's only with the right mindset and with the right uh the focus on driving best value for money and challenging the way in which people are doing uh have been actioning and doing the procurement activities to date can you improve elements and it's not you can't do one without the other you've got to have the mindset and now you've got the great tool as well. So it's it's like you said, it's not it's a great opportunity, I think, for all counts out there who obviously at the moment we're in context as I go on every week, everyone listening at home, we're in a situation where councils are under huge financial pressures. Yeah. Um not just with the case of social care, but the, the cost of, of place shaping, the cost of delivering services, you know, an increasingly complex and demanding. Uh, needs within society, but also a, a, a kind of a, a real appetite to continue to deliver. And so therefore, there has to be creativity and there has to be an appetite to challenge. And I think that's why this bill is going to hopefully be a stimulus and a catalyst for the procurement market and well, say the procurement market, the procurement department of local government and other public sector organisations to really champion and, and pioneer yeah. this new approach that yourselves and the government and, and other representatives have worked so hard to get um, to get forward going forward and talking now i mean what do you think are also the kind of the what does this unlock what are the positive benefits that will flow from the you know the the bill and the act coming through 
I think innovation is, is, is one of the biggest. So I think it's our responsibility as procurement professionals to bring to the, the, the service areas within local government. What is the latest technology? What are the latest solutions in the marketplace? What are the things that will actually give you efficiency and enable you to, uh, to save money and, and deliver um, services with increasingly scarce resources in, in a better way? And you know, we've seen how the market has changed and the, the digitalization of, of commerce in the last couple of couple of years, particularly driven by COVID. Um, so we can't just buy what we've always bought. Um, and you know, the, the councils probably don't know what they don't know. I don't know. It's, it's an overused cliche, isn't it? The Henry Ford quote that if, if, if he'd asked customers what they wanted in the early 20th century, they'd have said a faster horse. Um, it's our duty to bring the internal combustion engine to, to to local government, and the new regulations give us that ability to flex and to change our requirements in real time in a way which has not been there before. You know, this kind of fixed contracting period, the fixed tender periods, that means that whatever you buy is locked in for a long period of time, and the opportunities to change and the little windows of opportunity that you have are few and far between. I think that was a uh, a barrier to innovation uh, before and that those are the things that have been taken away and we've again we've got to grasp those with both hands innovation it's 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 hard to sometimes define what that looks like but what tips and advice would you give to public sector procurement departments who are sat there wanting to innovate but maybe don't know the first steps to take and how they can really maximize the utilization of the bill go and talk to the suppliers uh so pre-market engagement uh, to give this technical term, is is the key to everything. And again, there's always been this nervousness, I think, um, in, in local government procurement to engage with suppliers in case that looks prejudicial, in case that looks like you're, you're skewing the outcome of, of a future um, a future tender process. And, and I think that's, uh, that risk-averseness has, has, again, kind of stifled innovation. It, it's those things are not restricted in the regulations and I think we just need to be braver as as procurement professionals we don't make anything all we do is bring the, the the products and the solutions that the supply base has to the end user so we need to go out and find out what what are what are the best things what are the best products what are the best solutions and you can only do that by engagement by conversation by talking to them so I, I think what we should be doing is well ahead of when we think we're likely to go to go to market go out and investigate find out what's what's there in the market talk to the experts in the field uh, and i think one of the things that will help that is the requirements in the the new bill for the publishing of pipelines so there's going to be um uh, an obligation on all organizations to publish pipelines so the suppliers can see what's coming up and they can say um, like come to you and knock on the door and say, look, I've got this new innovation coming up that would fit this procurement you're going to do in a couple of years time. Can we be talking about it now? Also, I think it will enable collaboration. So the thing that I always do when I talk to other procurement organisations, some of the other public sector buying organisations is, can we share our pipelines? Because if we look a couple of years ahead, there may be common things that we're doing together that we could collaborate on save the public purse money in terms of sharing the resource, get greater volume to go out to the marketplace with and probably get better pricing on it. So joining up where we have common needs and requirements and getting that collaboration, getting the, the, the volume benefit 
will be made even easier by the publication of, of pipelines. And that's one of the things that is an obligation under the new bill. It's it's so true because, I mean, uh, you know, collaboration, partnership work, everybody at every level talks about it, that there is such a need for that to happen because yeah. it's the only way in which the challenges can be met. And I think that's fantastic that, you know, so communication, collaboration and just removing the barriers and maybe the the fixed mindset around how things should should have been done previously or maybe how it looks to the external market. It's more about actually just let's talk. Let's talk ahead of time and let's see how we can help one another. Um, I mean, so where does this passion come from for yourself? Because you started your, you know, your career in the private sector. You know, how did you find yourself working for for YPO? Um, th this is actually kind of the, the perfect combination of my my previous career, really. So I started in, in purchasing uh, for it's going to sound maybe sound so old for uh, Austin Rover. It was still part of British Leyland at the time down in Longbridge. I was the dipstick buyer. At, uh, at Longbridge. So I started off in what was a pretty aggressive cutthroat commercial environment, automotive manufacturing and, and the supply chain into, into automotive. Uh, I think I had a reputation for being cutthroat, but also for being pretty far thinking and revolutionary. Um, you know, the whole kind of just in time supply chain uh, initiatives um, were developed by, by the motor industry. So I spent 20 years there then went to work for the regional development agency for Yorkshire and Humber, Yorkshire Forward, looking at supporting local businesses, inward investment, overseas trade, uh, and learnt about the uh, accountability and governance requirements for the spending of public money. So you bring those two together. Um, so we are, as, as YPO, we're a purely commercial organisation, trade on our own resources, take no, no subsidy, make a surplus profit, if you like, but pay that back into our shareholders, which are 13 local authorities. So every penny that we make pays for frontline services like social work, child protection, emptying the bins. So that combination of kind of commercial procurement experience and the public service ethos of what we do now, is something I'm, I'm personally very proud of. I, I am a, a public servant now, but with, with a commercial background and, and um, I'm, I'm proud of the fact we're quite a unique hybrid. And it comes through. And I think that's that's what people buy into, you know, with an organization. It's it's understanding when they work when you work with YPO, you're also helping to not only deliver value to your organization and having all the expertise that comes with that and all the people great people that work for YPO, but you're also helping those local authorities deliver frontline services. So it yeah. it, it really is a win win and a and a, and a third win. Uh that, that that's 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 phenomenal. Um well look, I'm I'm really excited and I think it'll be really interesting to see. Um, the engagement and the utilisation of, um, of of the act coming in. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to kind of talk about with regards to the act? Anything that you think is particularly relevant that, you know, local government should be aware of or, or in fact that you think the public should know about? I think we... One of the the opposite sides of the coin of the flexibility that I've talked about with the, with the new regulations is that we can use the, the kind of the main central procurement um, opportunity rather than the direct award emergency uh, facility that exists uh, within the current ranks. It still exists in the, in, in the future regulation in the, in the new act, but um, should be used only as a fallback in an emergency. And nowadays it's used far too much as the kind of an, an, an easy route out you know the emergency provision uh, i have 
colleagues who work in healthcare and the NHS uses the, the direct award emergency provision. Winter equipment every single winter. Well, winter happens every year. And this, the ability to plan ahead and to actually use the flexible um, procurement procedures that are enshrined within the bill and you know, relegate direct awards and, and the emergency provision purely to emergencies because it's it's lazy procurement and it's not good value for the public purse. And again, you know, being controversial, we should challenge ourselves on that. We we, we should be braver and, and not do the safe route every time. And I think that's, you know, I'm repeating myself a little bit, Matt, but that's my key message is it's not about the regs, it's about how we behave and let's challenge ourselves to be braver and push the boundaries. Well, Simon, I just firstly, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this really important uh, act that's going to be coming in um, in autumn 2024. Uh, it, it's fantastic to have someone with your expertise and passion to talk about this really important uh, change that's taking place. So thank you for your time. Brilliant. Thank you. You've been listening to the truth about local government. Today, we've been talking about the procurement bill. And as it makes its way through government ahead of implementation in autumn 2024, we've had the managing director of YPO, Simon Hill, discussing how the upcoming procurement act will create positive change and unlock the potential of future public procurement. But as we've heard, it's a tool. It's only going to be as powerful as its utilisation. So remember to challenge, communicate and collaborate. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, give it a share and give it a five star review. And we look forward to bringing to you more interesting episodes later in the week. You have been listening to the Truth About Local Government podcast. Remember, your local council does some amazing work, but you can help. So remember to vote and be engaged with the work they're doing. If you like this podcast, please like, share and give a five-star review. If you would like to feature on the podcast, have any shout-out of excellent work being done by a local authority or have any topics you would like covered, please email me at truthaboutlocalgovernment at gmail.com Truth About Local Government Local government is at the heart of what we do.